0: The views and opinions expressed in this podcast belong to the guests and do not necessarily represent the views or positions of Wisdom from North or any entities they may represent. Now, please enjoy the episode.
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
4: My name is Rod Shelberg, and I'm in Bangor, Maine, and I thank you for bringing me on this show.
3: I'm really excited to have you because I've seen a couple of videos with you, and your story has made a tremendous impact on me. I mean, you're a medical doctor. Uh, You've been working as a doctor for so many years, treating over... I think around 70,000 people, you have written a book called When God Calls, Say Yes. You've had mystical experiences all your life that are quite amazing and quite extraordinary. you know, these stories, they give so much hope, so much meaning to our lives. So I, I'm really excited for our audience today to hear more of your story. And as I understand it, this started when you were around seven years old, when you had an NDE, right? Correct. Would you like to share how it all started?
4: Yes. Um, I was, um, had a strep throat infection, and that went into my kidneys and shut them down. So I was in the hospital for two weeks, and during that time, they were treating me with penicillin. So around the middle of that, I had a severe allergic reaction to the penicillin, and it it filled up my lungs with water, and I stopped breathing, so I was suffocating. And during that process, um, all the lights went out. I started to dissociate and float out of my body, and I knew I was dying. And I was very terrified at first that... I was into this blackness, but then a beautiful white light appeared right in front of my visual field, and I started to go right towards that light, and as I went to the light, I became more calm and more peaceful, and there was a feeling of, I'm going home, I'm, I'm going to where I belong, and I drifted in the most serene state. It was very quiet, very peaceful, and I was very comfortable. The fear was gone. About almost to the point where I could look inside this light, I was pulled back in a a jarring manner to my body, and I woke up. So in essence, the doctors in the hospital realized what was going on, that I was having a reaction, and they gave me rescue medicine, which worked. So I popped back into my body and woke up. As a little child, I thought, this is a dream. I didn't understand what was going on. But after that, I was fine and eventually went home. So that was my near death experience. And from that, what I have realized now in my adult life is that during that transition time of this life going into this new realm, um, excuse me, I had three seeds, if you will, that were planted inside of me. The first seed was the ability to see auras on people's hearts. And the colors that I saw were red, green, and blue. So red was divine love, green was divine life, and blue is divine creativity. I started seeing these colors on people's hearts, and I knew that they were spiritual. I didn't understand until later in my life what that actually meant. I'll talk about that later. The second gift I had was the ability to leave my body at will. And that came about when I heard the Moody Blues song, Floating. And I thought, I wonder what it'd be like to float out of my body. So I laid down in bed, got very comfortable, very quiet. And I just imagined that I'm floating and I could feel myself becoming incredibly light and as I floated out, I rotated, and I saw myself in the bed. Outside of my body, I was a pure thought of energy. I, was, I had no sensations. I could hear. I could see. There was no discomfort of any kind. So at first, I went around my room. But then later, I started to grow around the farm. And it was really kind of fun. Um, I'd see dad working out in the field and I'd look down on him and he couldn't see me. So it was like a little kid playing hide and seek. It was rather fun. And then I took a trip uh, that I remember quite well as I went to Paris and I saw an outdoor cafe where people were eating and I could see them as clearly as I can see anything with my human eyes right now. And I remember looking up and seeing the Eiffel Tower and that's how I knew it was Paris That was my last trip until later in my life. um, I had started to do this um, out of body travel again. And then the third gift that I developed was the ability to concentrate and connect with the divine, to feel that deep presence of love. My mind would go absolutely quiet. And I would practice sitting in a chair and just getting quiet, slow my breathing down. And this, this presence would just come to me and be with me, which was really nice. I did not understand what it was at the time other than I was very comfortable. And again, that presence came later in my life, in my medical career, where it really became apparent as to what that was. So that's my near-death experience. After I had that and I talked to my friends, they said we don't see colors. We can't float. We can't do these things. You're crazy. So I shut it all down, and I said they must be right. I must be wrong. And you want to fit in as a kid, so um, I just shut everything down.
3: Wow. That's quite an experience. And I can imagine as a seven-year-old, you might have been very confused, right? Having all these experiences and then you hear that you're crazy. Like, did you not have anybody like adults, your parents to nurture uh, that or support that?
4: No, I had no one. And I I really shut it down. I just mentally in my mind, I went, that's it. I'm done. I'm, wow. I am not going to go down that road and of course then by then i'm turning later i'm turning 18 and there's girls and cars and all the important stuff that you get distracted with so that's right. why.
3: so uh was that also why you perhaps became a medical doctor that you wanted sort of sort of to pursue a normal uh route in life or did you have a passion to help people inspired perhaps by the near-death
4: experience um I I believe, I wanted to be a psychologist, and I love talking to people and helping people, but that divine presence made it very apparent that you are going to be a medical doctor. Now, I grew up on a farm, and our whole family is teachers, farmers, mechanics. Nobody ever had, many didn't even have high school degrees, so to be a doctor was like so far out of the realm. but like when you got the your your message about the show it's imprinted in you, there's no doubt you are going to do this and, and that's when I started to see in my heart it would turn green and I could see that so it was a divine impulse a presence that propelled me and I fought with that for a few years to get over the fear of and out of that template of you're a farmer you're a mechanic, you're middle class. You'll never be a doctor. You're not smart enough. And overcoming those fears took a few years, but then that's what I did overcome them. I persisted and that divine help was always there. So I learned to tap into it. And then if you bang on the doors of any institution long enough, they get annoyed and they say, let them in. (laughs) So they let me in.
3: I think they should be very glad they let you in because <laughs> I know there's some stories there. Let's go to the out-of-body experiences first. I know there's some feedback here, but we'll we'll live with it. Um, I have been out of my body as well, so I'm curious how uh, you perceive it. Do you think you were in the astral realm and that you were in a different place than when you were dead like on the other side is that two different realms in a way
4: you know i I never thought of it that way but i i believe you're right because in and understand i'm a trauma doctor i know trauma medicine i don't know a lot of this spirituality i'm just learning it so i just call it the etheric realm but i guess it's called the astral realm and that that is a, a different realm that I've had experience with, and in this human realm, it's like, I could see everything, feel everything, feel the energy of everything. So for me, it was I was a part of this human realm, I was just invisible. I was a thought, completely comfortable. And so to me, yes, there's a difference, because I have traveled in the astral realm. And I have traveled in what's called the purple flame. I know what that's like. And i've also traveled into the infinity of heaven so these are different areas that i have experienced and there's different sensations with that
3: right it seems like there are really different realms and dimensions and that, that it's so vast and i've started reading your book and then you write about that what you just said that you were traveling through uh, the galaxies and you saw the milky way and you came to this purple area would you like to share that experience because i think that was quite made an impression on you
4: when i was i started this whole process um, came to me gradually and i started doing what's called breath work where you you do breathing exercises in combination with meditation and i would lay down and do these exercises. And I found that I could leave, again, float out of my body, and I was very comfortable. So I started off, first, um, I remember going to uh, a forest, probably the redwoods, and looking at everything at a microscopic level. And I'm a clear thought. I could not feel anything. There's no heat. There's no cold. There's no wind. It's perfectly safe, very comforting. Then I started traveling around the world at very great speeds, um, seeing the ocean, seeing the cities, the mountains. And uh, this took two years, by the way, it didn't happen all at once. My mind was expanding is what I call it. And then I started to travel into space and I went past the moon. I remember seeing the moon quite clearly, the craters. And then I traveled to the um, inside of the sun, to the very heart of the sun and was watching all of the plasma interact and generate energy and light. And yet, I was perfectly comfortable, but it's an amazing sight to see molecules colliding and giving off energy. Then I started to say, well, I wonder if I can go even farther than this, and I did. I started to go beyond the Milky Way. So I remember distinctly looking at the Milky Way, the spiral arms of it in the center, and thinking there's more to see. And then I went farther than that and saw thousands of galaxies. And this is all mind expansion. My mind again expanded into this purple realm, which I'm just learning about now. But it's a it's realm, and it's like twilight. If you ever go outside at night and see the stars, and it's just twilight, that purpley color. But it was pure purple and extremely comfortable. And I came to the edge of that realm and I looked down and saw that there was a waterfall in front of me of clouds. And there was a chasm of about four feet between that purple realm and the waterfall. And I thought, if I jump, because I wanted to cross through this, if I jump and miss, I'm going to die. Because I looked down this chasm And it just went down forever. And I said, That's it. What happened in that instance is the divine being Christ came through that, reached me, grabbed me, and pulled me through that curtain. He reached out and put his hands out and pulled me through. And in that instant, excuse me, all concepts of rod, time, space, everything was gone, it was stripped clean. And I became a pure thought of love, a pure thought of life, um, just pure energy. And I traveled in this plane for quite some time. It's a large white sphere of infinite dimensions. And it just gives off light as far as you can see. And I can see 360 degrees. I see behind me in front, top and bottom. I see everything and i'm one with everything it's it's extremely peaceful so when i look back at that i said that is the light i saw when i had the near-death experience when i was in second grade now i'm inside that sphere so instead of being in second grade looking in i am now in it and this to me was heaven this is, i am free so then i had some travels in there as well but this gives you an idea of of my out-of-body experiences, if you will.
3: Yeah, they're pretty amazing. And I'm thinking when I hear these near-death experiences and stories, it seems like a lot of people have had NDEs. They have and develop abilities afterwards, that it seems like it opens up something when you sort of already been to the other side and I'm also curious about whether because there have been some people have said to me when you've been traveling out of your body is that really allowed Uh, you know are we meant to be doing that Uh, and I wanted to ask you uh, what are your thoughts on that Um, because it seems like for some uh, there is a limit they can't really get out of their bodies and you do it very easily and is there Sort of this rule that we're not supposed to do that or is that or are we? Is everything possible?
4: Um we all have talents. Think of an orchestra. I can play the bass, but I can't play the trumpet. I can't play a violin. You wouldn't like it, but I can play a bass. Everybody has gifts and talents. It's we have to learn what they are. So some are psychics, some are mediums. Some are channelers. Whether you leave your body or not, I think is irrelevant. If it facilitates your growth and brings you closer to God, that's really nice. What you don't want to do is get stuck in that. So that's all I do is astral travel and float around and have these podcasts and sound cool. <laughs> that's not the the mission. The mission is I want to reconnect with my divine source. So I'm given like a plane ticket to Los Angeles instead of the train or hiking. You're going to get there. Everybody's going to get there. We take different routes. That's all. So I have no problem with anybody saying, you know, I I float and I get to experience at the end of that journey, I'm going to be in L.A. or I'm going to be with God. So I'm just taking a straight shot at it.
3: So do you think it was in your blueprint, your divine blueprint, sort of your fate that you were going to experience this? Because sometimes I've heard that that's the case.
4: Um, I'm not sure. Um, I think I'm an old soul that that I've had a lot of uh, many lifetimes of developing these, these gifts, if you will. And it's just a route that I've chosen. And I'm I'm choosing to extend. So it's like I'm back to playing the bass and I'm taking more advanced lessons in this lifetime. So I've definitely reconnected with the divine in this lifetime. So the accumulation of all that training has has paid off. So I believe I chose it a long time ago and I've had these experiences before. It's a continuation of it.
3: That makes sense. And then... I know that you were actually able to see much more. Like as a medical doctor, you could see sometimes or I don't know always uh, what the problem was. How was it like working with doctors who have not that approach to say it the least? And you you heard a voice. So could you just share a little bit about that scenery of you receiving messages uh, about the patients and not be able to share it with your colleagues
4: well the medical profession is very um closed-minded shall we say and i kept very quiet i was the medical director of the emergency room for many years i was the boss and um i learned early on in my residency during icu i was an intensive care unit doctor and um I started to get little tinglings of feelings and messages and I didn't pay too much attention to them. Later in um, my career, I started to see um, illnesses. So for example, a lady came into the ER and um, was having difficulty breathing. She was anxious and was billed as having an anxiety attack and so I talked with her and and I'm thinking she's just anxious until I laid her down and in that instant I saw that her whole heart was encased in a big uh, balloon of of uh, blood and water and it was crushing her heart and what that was um, she had breast cancer that had spread to the heart and was surrounding the heart and crushing it so when she laid down she she was going into heart failure I saw that very clearly and in that instance, I was very fortunate that the um, resident uh, cardiologist was walking by, and I said, this lady needs a needle put into her heart to save her life. He didn't believe me till he did the ultrasound, and so he took all this water off and it took care of it. That's just one example, but I have never told a single nurse, a doctor, a PA, anybody, what I see and what I hear. And sometimes I get the most outrageous messages. This one young boy, a 15-year-old boy, was at school running in the playground. And he fell down and scunned his knees and got up, kept playing. Doesn't sound like very much, does it? So they bring him in. And I'm not a fan of children. I just, not my thing. But I decided to see this young man. So I put my hand, my stethoscope on him. And I heard this voice say very clearly, as clearly as we're talking right now, this child has had a heart attack and he was in VTAC, which is a malignant heart rhythm. You need to order a cardiac enzyme on him right now. Now, that is something you never do in the emergency room is to order um, a heart test on a 15 year old. That's crazy. So. I went ahead and did it, and uh, the nurses were snickering and thinking, you know, Chelberg's lost it. Um, But when it came back, it should be less than, well, it should be around zero. And it was quite elevated at at 3.57, which means he's he's had a big heart attack. So we immediately sent this kid um, to Boston, and it turned out he had what's called the Widowmaker's lesion in his heart. So his left main artery was 95% closed. Had I sent him home, had he kept running, he probably would have been dead within the next few weeks of a massive heart attack. As it turns out, they were able to stent his heart and save his life. So I'm starting to hear these messages in the ER, and I can give you lots of examples, but that's just one. And and I don't say things because... If I say to my colleagues, this guy's had a heart attack, he's 15 years old, they they laugh and think I'm crazy. So I never would say anything. There was one man who had a heart, he had heart discomfort, and he was talking with me, and um, we did a heart tracing on him. And I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, well, this looks normal, and I had Christ here on my right, he's always on my right. And I sa- I pulled it over. I said, this looks normal to me. What do you think? And he says, it's completely normal. He's had spasm of his stomach, and that's faking giving you the thought he's having a heart attack. So give him um, this special medicine. It'll take care of it. Well, the patient asked me as I was looking at it, Doc, how does that EKG look? And I was about to answer him, just a minute. I'm consulting with Christ. Well, I thought about what his reaction would have been is like, I'm in serious trouble. Are you a real doctor? And I almost said that, but I caught myself. I said, it's completely normal. But um, our, our profession uh, does not accept these uh, new ideas. In the, the whole science profession does not necessarily accept spirituality and vice versa. I was listening to a program the other day where people that do a lot of meditation don't accept the science end of it. It's like oil and water. They just don't mix because neither one has had the experience of the other, so they don't communicate. So I kept very quiet because I liked my job, and I didn't want to talk to the medical board and have a psychiatric examination.
3: That's very understandable, uh, and at the same time, I assume you you saved a lot of people <laughs> with your method. And I'm curious about uh, the voice because you mentioned a voice, and you mentioned Christ. Um, so, are you religious from before? Uh, so, was it natural for you to connect with Christ, or could it have been Buddha? <clears throat>
4: um, I that's that's I was raised Catholic up until ninth. No. When did I get thrown out? Seventh grade. Uh, I asked too many questions of of the church, and I was asked to leave. So, um, yeah, that's another whole story. But in the interest of time, um, yeah, so I always felt this presence in my heart, and I decided to follow that. So in 1974, I started reading um, Daily Word from Silent Unity, which was Mary Eddie Baker, um, Charles Fillmore, Healers of the 1800s. And that resonated with me. It was read this and read more that we have the power in our mind to create life. We have the power in our heart to release the divine into our life and start to heal. And that's what I followed. And that led me to different books to read, so I, I I love going to church. I still go to church. Um, when I was younger, I love the group. I love a good sermon. I love everything about it. Until the Catholic Church would start to throw the guilt at me that I had to do so many rosaries, and I said that doesn't work for me. It doesn't work because God is pure love. So I use the word Jesus. Jesus was a man who became the Christ
1: J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. to source.
4: So you can say God, you can say love, you can say source. Sometimes I have fun, I poke at Jesus, I said, hey, Fred, what you doing? And you can call him Buddha, but what it is, is pure love manifesting in a form that is acceptable to you. It, it, it could be a dog, it could be a book, something that you resonate and harmonize with. And for me, it's, I've always resonated with, with the Christ energy, and I'm very comfortable with that that's not it's pure love think broader than human terms it's love
3: so it seems like this is a being an energy love that that is uh, a bit personal to you uh, because I don't feel the same as you do Uh, but do I also have this entity with me do we all have this presence with us
4: yes you if i look through your human body and your human life what do i see but i see the christ or i see your life energy your divine energy that's what i see and i see that in people like your aura is is clear so i can see that and you have a lot of love in you so your heart is a little on the on the red side mine is green and as so i do healing but you're emitting you're allowing the divine to open up in you and the encouragement then is open up even more trust more surrender your will and stop thinking our ego mind is always thinking so René Descartes back in the 1500s separated spirit and body and said I think therefore I am which is an ego thought and God says I am. And so what are you really? You are in fact a divine entity having a dream of being a body and now as you go through this waking up process you start getting gifts of Oh, I can see this. I'm trained as a doctor. I can see this. I can start to hear this. You mentioned, um, you know, about the title of your show, um, uh, Wisdom from North. And you heard and felt a voice, and there was no doubt in your mind. There was no choice. It's you're going to do this. So you just touched it for a second. Now, the the goal is. You did it. Now let's expand that and let that go more and more into your life. And you walk with the divine. For me, it's on the right side. In 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 you, it's it's more feminine. Your presence is more feminine. We all have the divine within us. We all have um, angels that help us. So. For me, it's Archangel Raphael, Michael, sometimes Gabrielle, and and Uriel has come. And then a few other people. I actually see the Mother Mary. I see God. Um, I don't really see, but it's a tremendous power that's like, okay, I better hang on. Um, but But we're always being helped. And we think we have to do this life alone. That's that's isolation and separation. I want to connect with the divine and hear what does God have to say? He says, I will walk before you and make the crooked roads straight. I will walk with you through the valley of the shadow of death. I will help you. But we said, no, I want to do it. And it's a matter of stop, relax and listen and take a breath listen and all of a sudden it's like oh I know what to do and everything works so in the, in the ER here's another a lady who was in a cardiac arrest respiratory arrest and um, she had been through um, surgery and was having um, a cardiac arrhythmia that they couldn't resuscitate so two different teams worked on her for um, a not quite an hour, and they decided to call it quits. Nothing was working. Well, the the lead supervising nurse ran into the ER and grabbed me and pulled me out and said, you've got to come to this code. Now, this is not my responsibility. I, I take care of the ER. I don't take care of the hospital. And I said, what can I do that two code teams with intensivists couldn't do? But I ran with her. And um, it came to this lady, and she was clearly in a malignant heart rhythm. She was clearly going to die um, within a few minutes. Um, just looking at her body was blue, it was mottled, nothing was working. The entire staff was frozen in, peer, in fear. So I stopped, and, and I said, God, what do I do? See, I created a pause, a thought of a stop thinking and just listen. And immediately the the answer came that she's in acidosis, which is a, a condition, a very bad condition. You don't want to be in it. But there's an antidote for it. So he told me to give her this antidote, which I did, and immediately that malignant rhythm came back into what's called a normal sinus rhythm. He said, now give her the second antidote, which I did, and she immediately went into normal sinus rhythm. And with that, within 15 seconds, she woke up and she started moving and talking. So the point is, that's a pretty dire straits situation where someone's dying and I'm literally watching them die. And I stopped to create a pause. What does God have to say and then listen, you have to develop that listening attitude, hear that voice, and then act on it and trust it. The nice thing about that voice is when you hear it, there's no doubt in your mind. It's absolute truth. This is what, there is no other choice. This is what I'm going to do. So this is just a, an example of, of making that pause. So you can do that. Anybody can do that. It's a choice. And the the choice is very simple. Do I want to listen to love slash God or do I want to listen to fear slash the ego or human thinking? And it takes a great deal of practice to learn to trust that voice and get comfortable with it. We're just not taught that in this society. We're taught to go to doctors. We're taught to go to churches. Always go outside of ourselves for help. And yet, the help is right there in your heart. It's right there in your mind. Your job is just, just to be quiet and listen. And that's, we're not taught that. So, that's just an example for you of, of another story.
3: Um, I want to jump over to something else because I know that you've actually received information about other people, uh, other people's deaths, like when they were going to die. And I'm curious, when you got this information, if you thought about, do we have a specific death date?
4: I I think we all have, um, the Hindus say, we've all have a certain number of breaths and that's it. And I look at life as a school and there's summer school and there's, there's 12 week courses, there's half year courses. So we all pick different courses. And what we're doing is learning to get closer and closer to god so i've had children die on me in the er and i'm like that's that life has ended it it's tragic it's, it really tears my heart but they chose summer school they said oh, i just want to take a few lessons and i'm out of here you see um, people that have had women that have had children that have had miscarriages and my wife, my former wife had a miscarriage, and it, I knew that my son Bradley looked at that that body and said it's defective. it's not right. So there was a miscarriage. And I knew that when we got she was pregnant the second time that he was able to come through. So you have to be able to look past the appearances of what you see. We all have um, classes. and when they come to the end of your life, And you're going to lay that body down, you want to lay it down in peace and in harmony. You want to let go of grievances, upsets, hatreds, um, judgments. You want to be as peaceful and as free as possible. I have seen people um, die and watched. I always invite, let me back up a little bit. When I started um, in ICU medicine, I would always hold somebody's hand to my heart while they were dying. And I would pray the Lord's Prayer, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And I think it's very important that that somebody asks on behalf of them for help getting back home to heaven to be made free. Later in my medical career, after doing a lot of meditating and reading A Course in Miracles, I asked Christ to come in to, to help somebody go home. So there was this lady, um, her name was Polly, and she had advanced pancreatic cancer, and finally gave up. And so we talked about she asked me, what is it like to die? And I told her that it's going to be a very peaceful process for you. You're going to be very relaxed, you're going to be filled with love. And you're going to be very sleepy and tired. And then a few days later, your body's just going to stop. It's going to be running out of gas. So she was okay with that. Um, during her dying process, I invited the divine to come in. And, and the divine comes to me in this world as a sphere of, of, of red light, just like a bead. There's no human form to it. And um, in this case, Polly passed away and I was in my house making a sandwich and um Polly I could see her clearly her the outline of her whole body and then this beautiful red aura standing next to her and she walked across my visual field and she did so she just smiled and kind of blew me a kiss which is typical of Polly she was a flirt and um and and a thank you and what happened then is these beautiful golden doors opened up, and they melded together and went in these doors and these these arms of love, white arms came out and pulled them into heaven and shut the door. And I knew Polly had passed away. So a few minutes later, the phone rang and the family called me and said that Polly died. And I said, I know. So I went to the house and Spent time with all the family members and um, shared with them the the experience. So the dying process is a pivotal point. It's like um, a going home free card. And you have a choice of you want to go back and try to work out these angers and these hatreds. Or do you just want to put your baggage down and go home and be one with the divine again? Do you want to go home? And be in heaven. Now, this one man that died, um he was so angry and and I brought the Christ into him and he he just crossed his arms and was very angry with me and said, "No, I'm not ready." And he he just backed up just backed up and and disappeared. And Christ looked to me and said, "Don't worry about him. I will take care of him." And help him. He just decided that he needs more lessons. He wants more time, and so I accept that. But for the majority of the people, um, this is what I see: is is the divine. It's happened with my dad. It's happened with several other people. Um, when you invite the divine in, and your loved one is in the in the in the dying process, they're laying down their body. They're making a transition from one form of energy of low density to a very high form of energy a very fast high vibration and our human senses can't pick that up we have very limited range but if you hold them in love and hold them in peace then that accelerates their their growth and their release and they get a decision do I want to go home so in my career I have seen relatives come for their loved ones. I have seen relatives come during meditation. Um, I've seen relatives, friends come when somebody has cancer and uh, like a grandmother was with was with her granddaughter, her granddaughter had breast cancer and I walked into the house and I said to the lady I said, you know there's a there's there's an older woman up here. And she goes, oh, yes, that's my grandmother. She's here helping me. And the woman was cured of cancer, completely gone. So we're always being surrounded by our loved ones. And it's it's a matter of we need to work through the grief and the hurt. And then we start to see our loved one is still here. We're not alone. It's just that with our limited senses, we can't pick it up. So th- these are the things that I see.
3: All right. So uh, could you share a little bit more about the colors you see and what that means? Like you, you talked about the red and the green. Uh, yeah. So, so is that something you still see in people? That when you see me or uh, the, uh, yeah, everyday people on the street,
4: you always see these lights. Um, I, I generally shut it down because it's too much, um, but. If, if it's like this, a one-on-one, and we're talking, see, I'm communicating with you with my heart and with my voice. I can feel you, and I can see your divine light, and I can see um, your aura is, is, is very clear. So I know that you have developed spiritually, and, and red is divine love. That's what that is some people who are artists for example musicians that that have um i think it was george harrison of the beatles he was blue but he was always talking about god my sweet lord don't ask me to sing but um he was blue and so that's divine creativity expressing itself in music expressing itself like einstein in in mathematics he was was a mystic and then healers um, are green it's divine life it's um it's yeah it's just divine life divine energy not everybody has these colors it takes some spiritual development harmony harmonizing at a higher level we're all at different vibrations some people are at 25-watt light bulbs, some are 50, some are 75, some are 100, you see. And so as you get towards the 100-watt bright light, you're co-creating with God. You're, you're more in tune with the divine, you're interlaced. And God says, I want to create through you. Let me create with you. And this is what we're going to create. So for me, it's like, I'm going to create with you, Rod, and that love is going to come out through my mouth, and I'm going to tell people what to do to save your life.
3: To save your life.
4: Well, I, I did. It, that lady that almost died. I I have many, many stories that, that, that are like that, but you, you get the point that, listening to God means I'm letting that love come out and I'm starting to see that. So I have a friend, his name is Dr. John Mundy, who was instrumental in A Course in Miracles in the book that I study. His heart is blue. It's always divine blue and he's very intellectual and very spiritual. So the two combine and I see that. So I can tell when I'm I have to talk to people. It's helpful, always helpful for for me as a doctor to touch people because then I can really connect with with them. But those are the three colors that I see. I've never seen purple, yellow, or orange. I've never seen those. But those are not divine colors. And you think about God as, what is it, omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresence. Those are the three aspects of God, of I am. God is everything, God is everywhere, God is all life. That really opens your mind up to wow. So you've got a globe behind you that is God. Yeah, but behind you, there's a globe.
3: Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
4: (laughs) There's a lampshade behind you. That's God. And they're now starting to talk about the God particle in quantum physics. What is that? See, the ego always wants to know. And I say, who cares? I want to go home. <laughs> I've had my fun. Thank you. <laughs> I'm out of here.
3: Don't go home just yet because you're helping so many people. Yeah. And, uh, I could sit here for hours speaking with you. Uh, I would love to ask you some final questions that I ask my guests. So what is self-love
4: to you? That's where I open my heart. and I love myself unconditionally as God loves me. I and my father are one. That means God is me and I am God. We can't explain that in human terms, but I allow that love to infuse my body, my dream, all of this life. It's just pure energy. Um, It's... Peace and joy, happiness. I mean, God's will for you is perfect happiness. God did not create this insane world, did not create these bodies from a mystical, spiritual point of view. So self-love is just, I express and allow that love to flow. Beautiful. So so this body is not perfect. It makes mistakes. Because part of me See, I walk in two worlds. I walk in the world of spirit and I walk in the world of humanity. And I'm trying to walk more in the world of spirit, but I still fall down and have, oh, yeah, old memory. Okay, let's clean that up and forgive that and bring peace to it. Then that puts me more and more into spirituality, more love, if you will. So I can look at criminals, I can look at good people. There's no difference because I see the divine in them. And I say, you are in me and I am in you.
3: And what is living a happy life or what is happiness for you?
4: Happiness is stepping back for me and realizing that to, to say that this is all a big movie. It's a dream. And if you read in the Bible, in Genesis, it said, Adam, you know, God took the rib out of Adam. He put Adam into a deep sleep and took the rib out to create a woman. And nowhere in the Bible does it say he woke up. So imagine, if you will, this is nothing but a movie. And if you don't like the movie, hit the eject button, pull out the movie, put a new one in. In other words, change your thoughts and saying. I am beautiful just the way I am. I am perfect just the way I am. And I am going to let that love shine as a light into the world. So you're a light worker being very bright. And you're helping people who who are stuck at much lower levels get brighter and brighter and brighter. You're helping to heal the world is what you're doing. So happiness is allowing that light to flow it lights up the dark roads so i don't walk down them and i'm at peace i'm always at peace and i won't trade that peace for anything so that's my happiness
3: and what is the deeper meaning of life from your perspective
4: the, the deeper meaning this this life is just a classroom the deepest is to remember who you are you are a child of god of the divine you are a divine spirit that's where you want to get to and once you get there and you start to have these experiences you say i am free of these problems they don't affect me anymore i want to give that love to all all men all women everything i see i want to, i want you to experience what it's like to be held by God. That's what I want for you. And then you're going to, you can't help but say, I want to give this to everybody. It's such a beautiful gift. I'm not interested in tarot cards or chakras or military history. I have been touched by the divine. I want to go back to that. And I want to turn around and give that to my fellow man. So I look at Putin, for example. I want to give him the blessings of God and say, if you saw this light and felt this love and profound peace, you would drop that gun in a second. You would. Mm. So that's a big step because we look at the body and say, that's an evil man. No, he's a child that has had issues to deal with. He's we want to bring light to him. And as we do that, he goes, I don't need to fight wars anymore. I can find alternatives. So your deeper meaning is heal the sonship. Heal all of us to to feel that experience of love. That's what you want.
3: Beautiful. Thank you so much for doing your work, uh, for now coming out uh, as a retired you know doctor with the deeper story behind what happened, and uh, sharing your book, doing these interviews, and helping so many people, and for coming on today.
4: Oh, thank you. This has been very nice. You've helped me um, because it, it is learning to get out there, and I don't know how to do that. So, people like you help me a great deal. And that turns around and helps so many other people. So it, it's, a, it's a beautiful um, blessing to the world, this work you're doing. It's, I thank you for it. Thank
2: you. That's really nice to hear. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: If you want to become more who you are and live in alignment with your soul's purpose and explore a deeper meaning with your life, then you are most welcome to join Wisdom from North Membership. If you want to go deeper, you can find all our English online courses and programs at wisdomfromnorth.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube just by searching for Wisdom from North. Until the next episode, much light from here.